Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. I thought I saw something. Did I lose you guys again. What? What's going on? What are you guys looking at? Abaddon ice. That's what we call it. Everybody feels like they saw something out of the corner of their eyes or just felt like they were being watched. It happens to all of us. Just our imaginations messing with us. Abaddon ice. You coming? There it is. There hey, he is. Look, he's dead. No, wait, he's not. <laughs> so, how are you, sir? I'm good. I'm very good. How good. are you? We're 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 even better now. Doing well. Uh, so, uh, let me introduce. Uh, uh, my name is Mike. Uh, this is Casey. Uh, and around cool. the corner here that you can't see, kind of like your dead sister, is Caitlin. <laughs> uh, and so, uh, let me give you a, just a quick rundown of what we're kind of kind of doing here. Uh, not not really a normal interview, and so I'll I'll explain that real quick. Um, <clears throat> we have a, a, a show that we're starting called Abaddon Eyes, uh, exploring the Hell House universe. The idea here is to explore the lore and the world that's being built within these movies. So instead of just doing regular reviews and talking to actors that were in it and things like that, we want to do something where we can discuss the lore, maybe what's missing, what we think's coming, that kind of thing, not add to it but just discuss mm -hmm. what's been developed, okay? Cool. Uh, we talked to Steven, uh, what, last week? Yes. And he was super nice to us, told us, kind of gave us the thumbs up on this project, which is, you know, that's that's what I needed. And then uh, yesterday we talked to... Bridget. Bridget. Uh, and right. she, oh, my gosh, it's super nice. Uh, yeah. and, uh, and and now and, and now you. So, I mean, it's it's been a great couple cool. of weeks. Yeah. Right. So if you're ready, we'll yeah. we'll just jump into it. Yeah, let's jump into it. Okay. Absolutely. Uh, Gideon, correct? Am I saying it? I, mm -hmm. I, it's not said in a different yeah. way, and I'm I'm mispronouncing. What, what are your names, by the way? I, I'm uh, Mike, Casey, right. Casey, Caitlin. Right. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Gideon, uh, the reason I ask about saying your name is I was a teacher for a long time, and I I always ask kids how to say their names before I said them. You know, so because inevitably you're going to be wrong. Uh, yeah. Okay, so Gideon, uh, number one, thanks for being here. We Definitely really appreciate it. No problem. Um, so give us an idea of, of what you've done in the past, Gideon, and, and how uh, Hell House 4 kind of fits into that uh, pantheon of, of things that you've done. Sure. So I, um, I'm a, an actor and a director. Mm -hmm. um, I'm currently in the middle of a, a long process of directing a... Um, a horror film okay uh called the tannery oh um which is like a period piece horror film that takes place in the 1920s 
in a um, leather tannery in New Jersey. It'd be weird if so it wasn't in a tannery, in, right? It'd be weird if yeah, it right. wasn't. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we figured the name was just evocative enough. <laughs> sure. Say, yeah, sure. A tannery. You know, it, it takes place in a shoe store. Um, it's fine. Yep. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, um, and that's in post production right now, and uh, it's um, so I have a lot of experience with horror. Yeah. It's funny because I I grew up not not being that big a horror fan, but it sort of found me, right? Um, especially artistically. Yeah. Um, then the other thing that, you know, might fit in in a weird way with the Hell House uh, film is I grew up in a family of mimes. Yeah. Where my, my parents are mimes and I learned to do mime from a very early age. Uh, Such a quiet house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You'd be surprised how loud it would get. Sure. But, uh, and, I mean, obviously very different from the, you know, the kinds of clowns that are mm -hmm. in Hell House. But mm -hmm. it, there was definitely this sense of knowing what, you know, what that kind of performance can do for you and do to you and to your right. body and, right. and, and how that fits into your psyche even, um, for this. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, we we were kind of discussing that before you came on about how maybe you kind of felt comfortable, you know, with the with the whole clown aspect at the end of it, just because of the the history of mime. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so let's let's go into the world of uh, Patrick. Um, let's talk about uh, when you got the script and how you read it and what you kind of thought about this character. Yeah. Um, well, you know, and this goes for any script I approach. I, I, I don't judge the character sure. if I'm going to play the character. So, um, you know, with, with Patrick, I understood that he was uh, just immersed so deeply in grief um, that he essentially had to, to, to be someone else. Yeah. Um, it was funny. My, my, uh, my girlfriend is an actress, uh, okay. and she and I were talking about it. Um, cause I was like, you know, I understand, I'm, I, I understand this up to a point where I understand that, you know, Patrick's grief is, is causes such violence, but then why the clown? Mm -hmm. And we were talking about it and she actually said, well, it, it, it makes sense because you can't be you anymore mm -hmm. after this. Mm -hmm. And so you find this other person you can be yeah. um, who is not uh, so consumed with the, this grief. Mm -hmm. I, I would imagine that that's where kind of the mime training came in or being a, a sort of clown came in because I, and this is just speculation, wild speculation on my part, but uh, I would think that uh, being that character, whatever character you are, when you are miming or you are clowning um, is, is, a, is a super escape for you just as, as an actor, as a person. Um, yeah. Is that, is that, am I anywhere near accurate? You are. Uh, it's funny though, because at least the kind of mime I was trained in and that I, that I do, it's, it's, um, you know, it has a lot of roots in the American method and mm -hmm. in Stanislavski and, okay. um, 
you know, it considers itself a, a form of acting. Right. Um, that, where in, in a way, instead of a script with text, you have the body. Right. Um, right. So, you know, in a way, it, it is an escape, but at the same time, it gets you to something uh, often even more real or, or more raw, right? When, when conventional use of language is stripped away, mm-hmm. um, what do you have? You know, mm-hmm. uh, it's much less ornamental than sort of the stereotype of, uh, you know, the mime with the striped shirt and the yeah. park. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Know. Yeah. Trying to get out of a uh, box that in there or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so huh. it can be deeply, deeply emotionally uh, pure. Yeah. In a way. Yeah. I would imagine that it, 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 there's, there's something about uh, working that muscle you know, without, um, without language that yeah. really comes in handy when you do have language, you don't rely on just the words at that point. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, and, and to go back to, you know, what you were saying about becoming somebody else, if you think of the ending and when he was, Patrick was looking at the camera and was j- just filled with tears and emotion about, you know, it was something he really didn't want to do. And as soon as he put on the mask, it was just stoic. There was no more yeah. tears. There were no, you know, it was just he became, he left that old self and became, like you said, this new being. And regardless of what it was, I think he was happy not to feel that grief and pain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I think, I, I think that's one of the great things about horror as a genre is so much of it is reflected in the horrors of just our world. You know, I mean, you see that all the time in the news and, Mm -hmm. you know, hopefully not in life, but people see it all the time in life of, you know, people doing that and doing horrible things as a result of, of that transition uh, in their, in their, in their minds. Right, right. So um, your sisters uh, within this universe, Margaret and Catherine, um, Margaret, you know, spoilers, but uh, Margaret perishes in a car crash. Uh, This starts this cycle of grief for you or for Patrick. Um, And then Catherine kind of starts poking around uh, to figure out what's going on. Ends up with the song uh, from the chest and plays the song, and God knows why she sings the lyrics. But uh, yeah, the lyrics she, were so sad. <laughs> I was like, "Oh my sad. God!" Yeah. I'm I'm getting about three words into this thing, and I'm abandoning it. But uh, she right. she sings the whole thing, and then what caught me was where she says, "Patrick, where are you working?" You know, uh, and it, so give us kind of a little reflection on that where. Why do you think Patrick was working where he was working? And I, I mean, we kind of assume he's working with Tully and and the cult. Um, but I don't know that any of that is is cemented, you know, where, where it's, mm-hmm. it's still a little bit up in the air. So give me your idea of as Patrick, where you think you're working and and why and who you're working for. So, yeah. Uh, I think I'm working for Tully. Okay. Um, you know, I, I, yeah. I talked to Stephen about this and, um, 
you know, he, he in his idea, which I, I completely agreed with, was that Patrick is is um, bartending yeah. at the hotel. Okay. Uh, and personally, I love this because you know, like many many other actors, I I, I used to bartend. Yeah. Um, and it is true that you develop this. Uh, you know, I used to bartend in in Brooklyn in these small bars. Mm. Um, you know, and in in the small places like that, where you know all your coworkers and you even know the owners, um, and you have a personal relationship with them, you get very very close mm-hmm. uh, because you have to in in like a bar setting, which can get very wild and very rough and yeah, sure. until sure. six a.m. Um, so you need to know everyone has your back. So it was very easy to think about Patrick here in this hotel, bartending, becoming close with the owner um, in a way he wasn't with the with at least his parents. Mm-hmm. Um, and feeling that this other person had his back. Uh, you know, and it's 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 very understandable after a tragedy like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Knowing, uh, just feeling that there's this, this, this person who seems to have all the answers. Yeah. Um, wherein for Patrick, it's like the world is completely answerless. Yeah. You know? you, you, you're um, grasping for something anyway. And there's some yeah. sort of structure, some sort of person there who actually cares about what you're going through or pretends to care about what you're going through. And so yeah. it's easy as someone like that to just glom onto that person and believe everything they're telling you. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, especially because Tully has this, you know, metaphysical aspect to Sure. It. And this car crash, uh, you know, in, in my mind, it was, it was in a way meaningless. Um, you know, it, it's so, the the fact that there's you know for patrick there's someone out there with with an answer that goes beyond yeah this stuff just happens mm-hmm. um something you know someone who's attuned to the way the world works on a a more mysterious level yeah um i can see would be absolutely uh enthralling well and and two things um now that you've got me thinking, number one, did the accident just happen? Because as we know, Tully likes to put dominoes in play on the table. And then when you said you were a bartender, I had never thought of this, but in a small hotel, mm-hmm. who probably has the most interaction with the patrons? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The bartender. Yeah, definitely. And then so Tully can come to you and ask innocuous questions about where are these people from? What are they doing? Why are they here? Yeah. And then he can use that information to choose who's going to disappear. Yeah. 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 That, that makes it even more creepy to me. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. the fact that he's not you, getting the information you were, himself. You were kind of the reaper, you know, you were, you yeah. were the, the info well, gatherer. Yeah. As we, we've talked about before, Mike, it, they, they, with Patrick, they got to him at the most opportune time. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. He needed answers and, they were more than willing to give the answers Patrick needed to hear. Well, and you see that uh, a lot in in cult type situations, right? I mean, they they pick people at their most vulnerable, yes. yeah. Um, yeah, and then they separate them from their family, and then they start indoctrinating. 
you know, and so I'm assuming that that's what Patrick fell fell victim to. Um, so y- your sister ends up being brought back. Mm-hmm. Um, she not she not quite right, but uh, she ends up being brought back. So in your view, as Patrick, when when you saw your sister, do you see her as she was, or do you think you see her as she? is as we see because her on the as film. we see her she's a demon or she's a whatever right what what do you think patrick sees well uh again it's that asking it's, that you got that this promise you're going to get your yeah, sister yeah, back yeah and is she your sister or is it what we see on film yeah i think it's both okay okay i think you know i i i, I I don't think I'm uh, the I'm deluded, you know. I don't think Patrick is saying, "Oh, it looks, you know, she looks just like she she looked." Okay. Yeah. But right, I mean, it's I I brought her back. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Um, there she is. Yeah, maybe she looks a little different, but she's back. Sure. And um, <laughs> a little it's like different. Pet just a little different. Yeah. Caitlin's right. It's like pet cemetery, that kind of thing, right? I mean, the devil's in yeah. the details, as, as Casey likes to say. You know, yeah, you got what you asked for, but you're going to get a lot more, you know? Well, and it speaks to the character's right. pain. Yeah. To say, I, I, I don't, she's whatever back, whatever she whatever is, she's takes, back. Whatever it takes, yeah. Yes. At least she's back. Yeah. Right. Yeah. She's back. And in, in this weird way, I kept thinking, okay, now we understand each other on another level uh-huh. somehow. Uh-huh. I don't even know how I can explain that, but, but well, it kept popping into my head while we were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Absolutely. You're, you're, you're halfway through the process. I mean, Tully has given you something, and now she's saying, you know, at some point you're going to be here with me. Yeah. You know, if you if you were to if you were to have gotten to go through with the suicide and all of that, you know, it's not right. we're, we're here now, and this is a very, you know, loosely based mm-hmm. version of what it can be once you get to where you're going with the with the cult. So, as far as the suicide goes, the the mass suicide at the cult. Um, do you think Patrick feels like he missed out on something with that? Uh, yeah. Okay. I think so. Yeah. Um, I think it's it's a little complicated. Though, sure. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think I think Patrick definitely felt like he blew it. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. uh, by not being there. Yeah. But you know, at that point, he's so so involved in all of this. Yeah. Um, and is such a strong believer that for him it meant okay i missed this for a reason yeah you know i have something more i need to be doing right mm. uh or at least i need to make up for missing it yeah somehow yeah it very much feels uh, like he's making up for it there at the end uh yeah. you know this is this is his duty this is his penance that he has to pay you know because he did screw it up or he missed it or or however you want to frame that um and that's i'm assuming why he puts on the suit and goes in the basement. You know, that's that's the rest of his duty so that he can get to where everybody else is. You know, it, yeah, exactly. it, it, it reminds me of like Heaven's Gate or any of those kind of cults, you know, where uh, the majority of the people, you know, drank the Kool-Aid or, or whatever. But there's always those folks that didn't do it. And when they interview them, they're always like, yeah, I wasn't there because of this that day or something. And I, I see Patrick as that guy. But instead of thinking, oh, my gosh, I'm so glad I'm alive because I wasn't there. He's thinking, oh, my gosh, I wish I had been part of that group because that's ultimately what I wanted. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's we, right. Yeah. When we see him come back and they, you know, after they, you know, his sister says, well, they all died and everything. That was really, you know, coming up those stairs, throwing away that, that arm sling. Oh, that's a great that, scene. By the that way. was yeah. the most, for lack of a better word, energetic, yeah. the quote unquote positive yeah. Patrick was. Yeah. He was like, he was very amped up, uh-huh. mm-hmm. even though he missed it. So that, I mean, I, I don't know. Well, it makes you think. It makes you think that Patrick thought, "Oh, here's my chance." Yeah, you know, maybe I'm. I'm. I've got hope again that that I'm going to get there just like them. Yeah, yeah. And at that point, I remember doing that scene, and and yeah, I, I remember Sorry. feeling that the the much more energetic. Yeah, I was like, "Oh yeah, it's because it's all clear now. Hmm. It's clear what I have to do. It's clear what you know what the rest of what my future is like." Got it. Um, it's time to get to work. It's great. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So here's, here's the hard question. Mm-hmm. So Patrick puts on the suit, talks to the camera there at the end. Uh, we hear uh, sort of a, a, a little bit of a scream, uh, but not until he goes down. Correct. Right. Yeah. Okay. I know he's not going to be able to tell. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I got you. So <laughs> <laughs> the biggest question here is like, you, you put on the suit, you turn to the camera. We obviously have seen that look, that scene before. Uh, and then you go into the glowing basement or wherever you're going. We're assuming you're back at Abaddon going down into the basement. Um, do you think Patrick was in that suit the whole time? I mean, are we seeing a rewind back to Hell House 1 where Patrick is just laying in wait? for this thing to all start unfolding? Uh, I think there's no uh, definite answer. Okay, I got you. Sure, sure. I would say there's a there's an answer that, that's a little bit, um, you could take any way, which okay. is, it's is that Patrick anymore? Yeah. Yeah. You know? Um, and I mean, you know, it, it goes back to what I was saying about him in a psychological sense, just desperately needing to be someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, once, once I put on that, that clown mask, I'm never taking it off again. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. So, so who knows mm-hmm. in a way? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the answer is, 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 and should always be completely mysterious. Sure. Right. Yeah. Sure. It's like, in the way, the answer is no. That's not Patrick anymore. That's the clown. Well, yeah, that's t- it. I'll tell you this, Gideon. Reddit hates hates a uh, an open ended answer like that. So I, yeah, I, they're I, gonna <laughs> they're gonna absolutely hate that because you didn't give them a solid. But I mean, uh, I yeah. would say I would say there's nothing wrong with thinking it's it's still Patrick. That's still it, yeah. You know, um, yeah. and I I don't see any way you could you could say that's not. Patrick's body in that in, yeah, in yeah, that yeah. suit or or whatever. That's the way I like but, to think of it. I, I like to think that oh my gosh, we've come almost full circle here. You know that Patrick yeah. is just laying in wait and waiting for his chance. You know yeah. now why Patrick has lost his, his ability to move around freely is beyond me. <laughs> you know he can just show up in places, but that's about it. You know every once in a while he gets to charge towards somebody. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I like to think that it that it goes all the way around, Caitlin. 
Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Caitlin. I'm just listening. She's just kind of hiding on the side. Yeah. By the way, uh, let me tell you, um, this this new show will be kind of executive produced by Caitlin and Josh, who is not here. They have an existing podcast called Boobays. It's been going on for 150 episodes or something at this point. They review horror oh. movies. So... Probably maybe my, we can review your horror movie. That's when exactly it comes right. Out. Yeah, we'd love to do that. That'd be great. But, yeah, that'd be um, wonderful. Uh, probably about a eight months ago, something like that. They reviewed the first Hell House, and so we re-released that today with a little bit of a cap at the at the beginning, saying you know coming soon, Abaddon Eyes and things like that. So and then um, we'll be covering two, three, and four yeah. as well yeah. to kind of right. round yeah. it out and make. Make the world complete. <laughs> so, uh, okay. Um, yeah, the question I, I think originally was, you know, is it him the whole time? Is it just a vessel for various demons? Is it, you know, what what is the clown? Um, but I think, I, I think you're right in that um, it should be open-ended. You know, it should be a little bit of a mystery because it, those folks are not there to tell us, you know, <laughs> to give us all the information. <laughs> they don't, they don't want right. to show their hand. So, uh, okay. So do, do you think, um, do you think there's a future for you as Patrick in, it, let's say five is, is great lighted. Mm -hmm. Is there a future for you in that? Uh, or a future for Patrick, let's put it that way. Or do you think he's just I like fused to this suit at this point? I'm not sure. Okay. I think there is. Okay. I think there's a there's a possibility. Okay. Um, That's a sly little yeah, smile. Well, well, that. yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just a little bit. Yeah. Well, when we no, I think there's a possibility. Absolutely. Okay. okay. Yeah. Well, we uh, talked to we talked to Stephen, uh -huh. and he said that you know if he gets to go back. You know, one of the first things on his plate would be to explore um, from Kentucky, mm -hmm. West mm -hmm. Ken Western West, Kentucky, yeah, something like West, Virginia West Virginia to yeah. um, to the Abaddon. So uh -huh. I, I could see where there would be a part where we would see some of Patrick well, I would think, in that. Yeah, I would yeah, think, Patrick working I would at think the Patrick the is carnival. almost required at this point. Yeah, you know, to be in whatever that is. You know, he did yeah. tell us he, he he was a little cagey, which I get it, but uh, he he did tell us that uh, he's written a and has had written for a while a really good scene where Tully meets the two guys at the carnival, and so I can't imagine that Patrick wouldn't be included in that at some point because if you're going to tell that whole backstory, you've got some missing time for Patrick that you got to fill in, just like you have for Tully, just like you have for these two new guys, and just like you have for the little girl who almost gets abducted. Right. So, I mean, yeah. that's a, that's an entire, that's an entirely different world story, whatever. I, I will tell you, I, I was very excited that the, and, and we talked uh, about this uh, on the last interview. I was very happy that it moved away from the Abaddon uh, mm -hmm. because now you're talking about a universe and, and, you know, yeah. good, bad, or indifferent. I, I compared it to kind of the star Wars thing, right? You're not going to be able to tell another story unless you go to another planet. Right. right. And so that's, that's right. what we're doing here. And now it feels like this story has kind of been unleashed and it can be told from many different locations and many different viewpoints. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's right. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I would be interested with your take on this. Uh, and when Mike brought up, the young Margot picture. 
when that pans back at the end, that clown that Patrick is inhabiting uh, was the one in the down down the clown booth. Yeah, right. Was was that Patrick as we know it, or was that <laughs> someone another person? Because we've speculated that maybe yeah. you know Tully had used that suit prior to uh, to Patrick getting it. Yeah, I think. I mean, there's obviously something about that suit yes. that is like, you know, for most people, absolutely terrifying, but then for certain people, very seductive. Yeah. Um, you know, so I think that's, that's very possible. Yeah. You know, um, I, there's a, there's a reason Patrick chooses that to, to become, sure. To, sure. um, whatever it is. I mean, he's, he's obviously drawn to it in, in a way that most people are repelled by it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It, it, yeah. Most so, people want to be out of the room it's in. And he that's wants right. to be in the same <laughs> that's room. Right. He yeah. wants, not only yeah. does he want to be in the same room, he wants to be in the suit. Um, yeah. Right. Okay. So having, having mentioned it kind of, kind of tiptoeing around a lot of things that, that maybe we don't know yet. Um, were there things that, and you don't have to tell us exactly what they are, but uh, maybe give us an idea. Were there some things that were shot or things in the script that maybe didn't make it uh, for Patrick? Uh, were there some things that maybe might make it into a future um, telling of Patrick's story? Director's cut kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. because um, we finally got the director's cut for the yeah, original. The first one, yeah. Yeah. It'd be cool to see it for this one. You know, I I don't know that there was a lot that was shot that um that didn't make it in. Okay. Uh but uh I would say the biggest part is and we kind of just talked about this. Um mm -hmm. the biggest part were my conversations with Stephen about um Patrick's backstory because there was there's a you know there's a lot there, uh, figuring out how it all ties together and, and all of that. It's not necessarily in the movie so much right. or bits and pieces of it are in the movie. Um, but, uh, so all of that, I could see there being, uh, it being used in, in, uh, another film. Sure. Sure. Um, in terms of uh, a director's cut of this one, I'm not so sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, well, and that, yeah. that, that's the amazing thing when you're when you're able to kind of self-produce self. You, you know, we, we talked about the the um, the shooting schedule. You guys were there yeah. for like 14 days or whatever it was. Right. right? I mean, that that is a grueling uh, time frame to try and shoot an entire movie, I would imagine. I don't know how long you yeah. took to shoot the tannery. But I, I'm assuming it might have been more than 14 days. It was more than 14 days. It was pretty. It, it was, was pretty quick too. It was something yeah. like 20. Wow. 22, 23, something wow. like that. Wow. Um, yeah, and it was grueling. I was. I was actually really impressed by how relaxed the 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 whole Hell House team mm -hmm. was. Mm -hmm. um, it was not. It. it it wasn't like, okay, we got to get this. We got to get right, this pedal right. to the metal go. You know, it was, um, <laughs> it was very serious and very, uh, very, 
methodical and and uh, uh, relaxed. It was it was actually a, a had a great experience on set. So, um, how does it feel when um, somebody like Mike Flanagan says, uh, "Hey, this is this is a pretty darn good movie. You should go watch that." Um, great. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> it's good. It's great. That's good. It's excellent. I just, I, it's uh, amazing to me that uh, you guys release the fourth movie, which you know, you you look back in time, and traditionally, the fourth movie of any franchise is not is not the one that anybody picks right. out. But for him to come out and say, "Hey, you, you guys need to go watch this. It's a great movie." Um, that says a lot to you, the cast, Stephen. Um, being able to produce a a fine piece of of horror anthology, and yeah. uh, that's that's got to be exciting. I know in the last interview she said that uh, um, she started getting texts or whatever as soon as that came out, and it just changed everything for her. And so um, I think it's fascinating that uh, somebody like him would even be watching, you know, self-produced stuff that shutter exclusives and things like that. I think that shows you how much the world of film has changed, I would imagine. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think, you know, so much of uh, what I've been seeing from independent film in the U.S. is is incredible. Mm -hmm. um, I think we're kind of going through a bit of a revolution with it, mm -hmm. right? Because it's suddenly much cheaper than it was to um oh, yeah. make a film yeah it's still crazily expensive sure. but you know it's sure. not it's not so prohibitive that that um you can't harness all the materials and do it yeah so i think you know things like this are are in a way what to be looking for because yeah. um there's a lot of freedom for the directors and uh and for the actors and, and everyone all of the creatives on set yeah yeah um and room to try new things yeah you know i, I know uh, that, that caitlin and josh have covered a lot of uh like korean horror um yeah. especially in the found footage you know genres yeah. um and and what it feels like is that has had a huge influence on what's done over here uh you see the the uh the breadth of these stories you know, that they tell in these Korean or, or other other type found footage movies around the world. And I, I can't help but think that that's an influence on what's what's going on here. Um, so the tannery, it, it's a, a it's not a found footage, right? It's a it's a regular it's not found footage. Okay. Okay. No. okay. Yeah, I was so, going to ask. Yeah. I was curious with the 28. You said 28 days or so. Yeah. Uh, something like 20, 23, 23 day yeah. schedule. Yeah, what was the, That's what was the, the time period? It was, it was the 20s. 20s. Yeah. Yeah. Actually the year 1920. Not a lot yeah. of found footage. Yeah, that's true. That's oh, true. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, found, that makes sense. Found scratchings, found drawings. Yeah. Yeah. Found a lot of still photography on plates. <laughs> there actually is a little bit of, within the film, there is a little bit of 16 millimeter found footage. Oh, wow. Oh, that's okay. cool. Okay. Um, but, no, the film itself is not found footage. <laughs> okay. So yeah. uh, it, the, it, those types of movies and stuff that's being done around the globe in the horror, horror genre, does that influence what, what you do at this point as far as a, a producer, director, writer, even actor? Um, I would say, yeah, uh, yeah. because there's 
because there's so much creativity, you know, yeah. um, it, within the genre. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it does. Seeing what other people are doing and how they're doing it with, um, you know, these, these, there's, what gets me is there's so much room to come up with stories that are absolutely outlandish. Yeah. Um, yeah. But because it's horror, it's rooted in in reality. Yeah. You know, I feel the same way with like magical realist writing by like Marquez. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's it's cr- these insanely creative things about our world uh, that um, that it's it's just a different kind of storytelling. Well, I think the uh, other thing I think the other thing we've seen over the last few years is that everyday situations can be scary, um, right. and um, I'm sometimes gonna, those are the scariest. They can situations. be the scariest, yeah, especially like yeah. home invasion, that kind of thing. Yeah. One movie that I think back to, and Casey's going to groan when I talk about this movie, but Skinnamarink. Have you seen Have you seen Skinnamarink? I actually never saw it. No, okay. people kept telling me to see it, and I, I didn't get around. <laughs> so it's it's a love or hate movie, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, I it, it I don't think of it as found footage because it's really not. Um, it's told through the eyes of a of a child for the most part. Yeah, no faces really. You just mm-hmm. see things, different shots from around the, the around the house or wherever they are. Um, but it affected me. You know, I'm old enough to have seen Blair Witch in the theater, and yeah. that movie as a grown man with a child at that point still scared the living crap out of me. Right. To the yeah. point where you're like taking a shower the next day with your eyes open, you know, that sort of thing. Right. right? And so, um, Skinnamarink stuck with me the same way. I felt that same feeling because I didn't know what the hell just happened, you know, but yeah. it was, it was very, everyday type thing. And so that bringing that back around to what we're talking about, I think, that's what's so appealing for these found footage type movies. It's stuff that people found, people already did, people, uh, you know, went about their regular lives, but these horrific things happened at the same time. Right. You know? Exactly. And so I don't know how that how that impacts. I think I just wanted to tell you that story. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> either way. So I've got two more things. Uh, and thank you again sure. for giving us your time. We really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. So uh, I, I love your sister, Catherine, and all, but I don't think the cross did much when she gave it to you. The cross? The little cross necklace. Yeah. Uh, not real sure that that warded off any vampires or anything for you. Yeah. Yeah, it didn't really work. Didn't really work. She, it was sweet of her and all, but uh, yeah, it didn't really do a whole heck of a lot. At least not in the way she she might have intended. Yes, yeah. that's true. Yeah. That's true. But if you look at each thing that that pushes Patrick further and further emotionally yeah. over the edge, it's like, you know, again, it's this question of, okay, well, you had this horrible tragedy. Why kill the rest of your family? Yeah. You know, and in a way, there is no answer to that. There's no rational answer. Right. Um, right. And when she gives when she gives me the necklace, it it, it definitely does something to me. Yeah. yeah. But in a way, as I get emotionally closer to her or something, mm-hmm. it's it becomes uh, more and more 
perverse in the sense of yeah, it, it kind of does the opposite. It kind of becomes yeah. the opposite of what she intended. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll I'll tell you. I'll be real honest. I think the interview with you uh, has totally changed my mind about Patrick because I believe I told Mike when I came in. I said I just can't get around his character. I can't I can't get into it. Yeah. Um, but that what really in talking to you today really tipped off something that I saw last night. I was watching, you know, Mike won't believe me when I say I was watching the movie again. Um, <laughs> he just puts them on in the background and lets them play, which cool. I think, I think is the it's first, like his, I, the office. Well, I think it's, well, his, like I think it's the first people. sign of a sociopath is yeah. what it is. Well, this, yeah. this spe- it, well, in talking to you and understanding that this kind of speaks to Patrick's humanity in uh, again, a perverse way is remember the scene in the hall when um, Catherine was filming Mm -hmm. and Margaret scares her, Mm -hmm. okay? And they were talking about they need, she's supposed to be cinema verite. Mm -hmm. It's supposed Mm -hmm. to be real life things happening. And then Margaret says, well, Patrick thought it would have been very funny if I had been in your closet and scared you. Yeah. Cut to the very last thing before Catherine dies is... Margaret is hiding in her closet and scares her. Right. Yeah. And I'm thinking, well, then I thought about, you know, I thought, well, was that Patrick's last little kind of, you know, why don't you go in there and scare her one last time? Yeah. You know, that was, it was, that it's just. What almost feels like his last piece of humanity. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. 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 Go in there and scare her one more time to scare her. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, this conversation really, really changed my view on that whole. Okay, so yeah. so I, I told you there was two more things, but I actually have two more things. So uh, <laughs> just real quick, um, did you did did Patrick kill his dad? Uh, I I would say yes. I think so. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that needs to be explained yeah. at some point, or maybe that's one of those things that's just kind of left to to, to everybody's fancy. But I, I think that, uh, I think everybody will kind of agree that that is definitely the last scream you hear, you know, in the, in the movie. Okay. And the last, Oh, thing, you're talking about who's, who's with me uh, yes. at the very end. Yes. Uh, that, that I won't confirm or deny. Anything. Okay. I love, uh, I, I love this zoom. By the way, had had we done this on the phone, I wouldn't have gotten that look from you. So that's <laughs> that's fantastic. Yeah, that is. You did not give anything away, but at the same time, you gave something away. So uh, well, next next <laughs> the next person he interviews with, he's going to wear the mask. That's right. Just wear the mask. You won't the see my expressions. Time. That's right. Right. <laughs> okay. And uh, I, I'm going to give them an opportunity to say something else if they've got anything. Do you have anything, Casey? Casey? I have one question that's yeah. kind of just an off the wall question. But please you, go for it. Okay. Speaking of the mask, there's an Instagram account called the Hellhound Hell House Clown. Do you are you in possession of the mask? Do you run that? Or is there someone else who just like does that? Like are are you completely this clown now? Um I am not in possession of that. Oh, okay. Uh, of that Instagram. Yeah. Um You notice he said that Instagram, closest... he didn't say that mask. So I know because I know I found your Instagram and okay. um, but the only like actual Hell House Instagram I can find is the Hell House clown mm-hmm. I can't find like Hell House on Instagram like for the film. And so then I just got to wondering with you becoming like the clown and everything. I was like, I wonder if he 
is in charge of that. And if he's on like completely, this is taking over his life and he's becoming this clown. <laughs> no, I, I am not in charge of that. Okay. Um, uh, that is an official Instagram for Hell House. Okay. okay. That's not, oh, that's yeah. great. That's good to know. Yeah. That's good to know. Okay. I don't, I don't know if it's the, the official, but yeah, but, uh, but it is an, an official. It yeah. is an yeah. official, just like net sleuths, yeah. you know, or something yeah. like that, that they started. Okay, here's my cool. here, here's my last thing for you, Gideon. And, and again, I'm going to thank you for your time one more time. Um, yeah, no problem. What do you think the tie is to the Hell House movies, the Carmichael family? What is the tie to Faust? Because I have my my belief on it, but I, I want to hear it from you, being part of the Carmichaels. Uh, I mean, I think it's it. It's what it's it's the questions within all these movies are the same mm -hmm. questions as in uh, that are posed in Faust. Yeah. You know, how far would you go uh, to have what you want? Um, yeah. And uh, not to mention the fact that both in Faust and in in the Hell House movies, it it, it involves communing with you know evil mm -hmm. in the right. form of hell or right. or whatever. Um, right. But you know how how would you sell your soul in order to have what you want? Yeah, yeah. That that was kind of my take on it as well. It seems like a kind of a loose interpretation of Faust, and and the fact that it comes up more than once, you know, yeah, uh, is is pretty amazing. Honestly, when you think about the underlying story behind this whole thing. Yeah. Um, Gideon, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. We would yeah, love to. You. We'd love to send you some links and stuff when this thing comes out. Uh, Absolutely. And and if you have the time in the future, if we've got some more questions that maybe are posed by our, our audience or something, we would hope that we could give you a holler once more. Absolutely, anytime. Thank you so much for spending your, right. your valuable time with us. And and uh, do you want to you want to give us a little thing about the tannery real quick? You want to tell us when and where? Uh, there's no release date yet. Okay. It's still in post-production. It's okay. still very much, yeah, we're still working on it. Okay. Um, I did see uh, it on, I did see it on IMDb when I looked up your stuff. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, it's still being made. Um, okay. But I'll, I'll read, I'll, I'll reach out to you when I know. That would be wonderful. Uh, we would yeah. love that. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love Absolutely. to talk to you about that movie in, in, in particular. Yeah. It's very exciting. It's a, uh, I'm very excited for That's good. For this movie. I think you're out. supposed yeah. to be when you make a movie. I think you're supposed to be. Excited. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, a, so. that's the first thing any agent will tell you. You know, go ahead and be excited yeah, exactly. about your work. Yeah. Uh, well, Gideon, exactly. thank you again. We really appreciate yeah. it. And uh, we wish you nothing but luck. Uh, and uh, we really enjoyed your performance in Hell House 4. And uh, there's your creepy sister coming around the corner. Uh, <laughs> but we, we really appreciate your time. And uh, we hope to talk to you again in, in the future. Great. Hope to talk to you too. All Thank right. you very so much. Thank you we'll very much. Yeah. All right. Great to meet you. Th same here. Right. You can find Abaddon Eyes exploring the Hell House LLC universe anywhere you get your podcasts or at roguemedianetwork.com. I found the gateway. It's glorious. Play us a song. <laughs> This has been a Rogue Media Network production.